On this episode of The Clappers, we are talking Sansong from the Bangara Dance Company. We are talking a league of their own. We are talking gas lit. We are talking... The outfit. <laughs> we are, aren't we? We're talking a whole bunch of other things. We're talking Emma Thompson and good luck to you, Leo Grand. Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. Carl. Andrew. I'm... I'm, I'm very excited because I want to ask you something, and I think the, the listener to the Clappers will be very excited about this question as well. Have you had any lunch with anybody nice lately? Somebody really <laughs> nice? Because a lot of those people you have lunch with, none of them, not all of them are very nice. You're, you're ru- ruling out my wife, my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not those normal people. Right, like okay, the, yeah. the, the, the professional lunches that you enjoy having. Are, are you perhaps, yeah. Andrew, mm-hmm. hinting at Emma Thompson? I'm, I'm hinting at Emma Thompson. I gave her the hint. She walked right past, ignored me. <laughs> No interest in me. She's a woman of impeccable taste. I'm too old for her. <laughs> I did. I did have lunch with Emma Thompson, and it was um, it was a blast. It was mm. it was a really fun thing. I mean, she was in she was in Australia to talk up the film that she's in called uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, which I think is a really good film, directed by Sophie Hyde, a uh, South Australian or Adelaide filmmaker who. Uh, made um, t- SBS TV sh- show called The Hunting. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. About yeah, um, yeah. sexting scandal at the high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. made a film called Fifty Two Tuesdays about the relationship between uh, a woman who's transitioning to uh, to become a man. Um, it takes and, a year, and it takes a year, and 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 the relationship with her her slash his teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. I should say his, I guess, really. Um, teenage we'll be here daughter. all night. If we could, we know. could. Um, <laughs> and she's made, she's made some really interesting... She made a film called Animals as well in, in Dublin. And she's made some really, really interesting mm-hmm. stuff that is very much about sort of body positivity and, and uh, people owning their sort of sexual identity, gender identity and so on. It's very much in that space. Oh, it's a film for our times, A film, so- film I mean, for our well, no, times. I'm talking about Sophie's work generally. Oh, right. um, good luck to you, Leo. Grand is absolutely in that space yeah, as well. It touches on some of those issues, doesn't it? A lot I have of to say, Carl, a lot of touching. speaking yeah. of touching, uh, mm. your, your, your piece, I'm sure, touched many in, <laughs> in the newspaper you wrote for. Uh, you are a very good writer. It, it, it came across as breathless on the page as you are now talking about it. <laughs> Breathless. It could, it, could be was, this, it could be this cubicle wearing. Well, it's kind of hot and stuffy in here. It does sort of it could just suck be the, 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 the magic out. that we bring yeah, to the clappers. Yeah. Um, no, look, I mean, it, it, I, I'd have to say I don't often get starstruck, and I don't think I was starstruck, but I did actually mm-hmm. get a sense of, you know, she's a pretty significant character. You know, she's done she's done some great work over many, Cambridge many years. Footlights. Cambridge Footlights. Um, I did see Cambridge Footlights at the theatre back in the, in the mid-80s in Brisbane at La Boite. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I can't remember which one it was. Mid-80s, I, you say, I, yeah. yeah. I think it was after she'd yeah, been. I think, I think so. she was 81, 82. So after Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie. I think it was just after them, yeah. Ken. I think it was Heebie-Jeebie's time. I oh, think. okay. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, um, so, you know, she... Only person ever to have won an Oscar for both writing and acting, which mm-hmm. I've got to say surprised me when, yes. when I sort of you know, stumbled upon that. Um, Tell us about the film. The film's really good. The film oh, is basically said, about. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had some interesting adventures. In the, no. Oh dear. Um, the film is basically about a woman who's in her early sixties. Uh, she's been widowed for a couple of years. She's only ever been with one man, her, her husband, um, and. Uh, when I say being with them in sexually, and um, she's basically realised that there's a lot of stuff she hasn't experienced in life. She's mm-hmm. never had an orgasm, for instance. She's never 
experienced or given oral sex. She has a wish list of things she wants to experience. Can we go through those? Um, it's, it's about, uh, you, what, you want to do them here now? <laughs> you and I, we shouldn't go right, through look, those together. I can't make any promises, We are both Andrew. married men, Carl, and we take our vows seriously. We will not be going through Emma Thompson's list of things she hasn't done. I thought you oh, might I mention... I thought you meant we were going to tick them off ourselves in this <laughs> room. <laughs> right, right. I misunderstood. <laughs> I, I thought the temperature was really rising. Know, it was so very, very steamy. I might have to take off Very steamy. Anyway, the film is good. Um, it's her and, and uh, an Irish actor called Daryl McCormack, um, who is in the Sharon Horgan TV series Bad Sisters, which I've just begun watching. I'm okay. only one episode in, so a bit soon to judge. But She makes um, some very awkward and uncomfortable television shows. She Sharon does, Horgan, and some very good. Which I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's basically a two-hander in a hotel room. They have four meetings, and it it's about how... Uh, their relationship unfolds and specifically about how her relationship to herself unfolds. And it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I think it's a really, really clever and well-constructed piece of work. Should the audience know acted. that this is a transactional relationship? Absolutely. She and the young oh, course, man yes. have. Yes. Yes. He, is a, he is a paid that, sex worker, yes. Yeah. He, so she pays him to yeah. come and have sex with her. lead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you always give me a hard time. And I was just trying to ease you well, in without no, making you feel... It's guilty. a fair call. It's a fair um, call. So, yes, so she, she pays him. They have a series of meetings. She pays him for sex. Yeah. And much learnings occurs. <laughs> much learnings, yes, your your favourite phrase. And <clears throat> um, and it, I mean, among among the things that it deals with is the nature of sex work. I mean, and, yep. and it's it's very very interesting. I I know uh, a number of older people who've been to see it and have really enjoyed oh, that it. Was not where that sentence was going in my mind. <laughs> Honestly, did not expect you to say that right now. I've known a number of older people. I've known a number of older people. Man, we just can't leave this alone, can we? Not. We shouldn't be talking about it. We're too immature to talk about this film. We really are the wrong men to be talking about this. The film is mature. We, however, we are not. Anyway, sitting down and lunching with Mm Emma Thompson was an absolute delight. Yep, is the you know as we circle around to where we did you tell her you'd seen the film? Had you seen the film? Of course, it's in the film. Yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't sit down to those kind of things having not seen the film no, or no, read no, the book or whatever might not have been it might a, be. might not have been available. I, it, I don't, of course it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay, and and did you It always helps when yeah. you enjoy it. I mean, yeah. my, my general rule of thumb is yeah. if I hate the work, mm. I don't want to do you the interview. You don't want to do the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be the opposite, you see. <laughs> I would love... Well, there's something... I would that. love to hate something and then speak to the person responsible for it. <laughs> even even if they were only partially responsible, even if they were one of the actors or one of the people who worked on it, because our film takes a lot of people. God, I would love that. Ryan and I can't Reynolds. believe you Ryan Reynolds, it's a pleasure to meet you today. <laughs> what were you thinking? What, 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 what Ryan Reynolds I'm, I'm just... No, because I like all his films. Oh, well, I He's the wrong man. Ryan Gosling? Yeah, uh, just yeah. like anybody called Ryan, Actually, don't you? I do, yeah. I do. It's a good Ryan name, Quentin? Ryan. Who? <laughs> okay, we can start there. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Quanton, if you're listening, come on in. Come on in. So, people can see this film now. It's still yep. going. Yeah. Yep. And, it's, and it's very... I've, I've heard nothing but good things about it mm. from from the youth, from the aged, from people in, in your line of work, and from regular punters. So, yep. you know, it seemed to be universally acclaimed. <laughs> Andrew, I went to the movies too. Good God! And and luckily you're you're there with the. Um... You went on cheap Tuesday, didn't you? No, no, no. I went. I went. Oh, oh. you know what? I was not going to go to the films last Monday. I was going to go to the gymnasium right. instead for my regular yeah. session and sauna and um, exfoliation that I enjoy every two days. But for some reason. And I may have been influenced by a newspaper that had an article about this. Is this a gym or a you know? Turkish bath you go to? <laughs> <laughs> Exfoliation. What, what the hell is going on? 
<laughs> you got a good rub down, just, just, just some some branches and and Lars, my masseur, <laughs> thwacking my buttocks with vigor. That's all. Nothing saucy going on there. I can think of there. no other way to thwack your buttocks <laughs> than with vigor. So. I, I wasn't going to go to the movies. Then I saw an article. And I thought, oh, I haven't been to the movies, and and maybe I'll just check what's on. I can go past there. That I can go to. The gym. You're like Pavlov's dog, aren't you? Yeah, really? I am. I really am. Yeah, yeah. I'm so suggestible. I really am suggestible. If somebody's on television drinking a martini. I'm like, man, I really should have a martini right now. I, I, gotta, I really should I have, have one to, of those. I have to confess yeah. that. It is the most effective stealth marketing. Anytime mm-hmm. I'm watching TV, mm-hmm. somebody's got a glass of wine. It's like, oh, I think <laughs> I think I need a glass of wine. So, so scotch. I hardly ever drink scotch. Somebody pours a scotch and go, I think I need you know a scotch. What? I think I think I can enjoy this much better if I have this cognitive juice that helps me think like Sherlock Holmes' pipe. Vampire show. There I am, <laughs> sick in the teeth. So, this film I went and saw. Uh, it was such a lucky day. Mm. I drove to the cinema in. It was like every every light was for me. Every green light, four-hour parking spot, bang, the only one left for me. Walk into the cinema, get a ticket. There's hardly anyone in there. And I went and saw a film called The Outfit. There's a, the light. there's a pun in that title. Right. Because The Outfit refers to the mob. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, like set, in, it's set in Chicago yeah. right. post-World War Two. Yep. Okay. And... The outfit also refers to the fact that the main character, played by Mark Rylance, plies his trade as what ignorant people would call a tailor, but he's actually a cutter. Uh, There is a very important distinction and demarcation on Savile Row between tailors and cutters. These are the people who you go to to get a suit made for you from scratch. Okay, so he's there and he has clients who are mobsters. Is he playing an Englishman? He's playing an Englishman. Right. Yes, okay. he's left England, and this, you, you know, you, you, this is this is like one of those closed room mysteries where you know that everybody has a secret, right. and you know that whatever anybody says, it's like it's, sleuth or something. Well, exactly. See, right. we we know sleuth, uh, Milo Tyndall, played by by um, Michael Caine, and Laurence Olivier. Michael Caine is having an affair with Laurence Olivier's wife, and he very sportingly drives up to the house to inform him that his wife will be leaving with with Michael Caine and see you later, right? And, of course, all kinds of hijinks and um, scrapes and uh, things ensue. And it's For one... the inattentive listener, mm. just to clarify, yeah. we are now talking about Sleuth. Yeah, we're now talking about Sleuth. So, Which but... is what, 1960? Oh, no, no, I think it'd be like 72, 74, something like that. It's a mind game and it's a mystery. And every time you think you've got your, your, your fingers around the throat of the beast, uh, it grows another head. And you never really know what's happening in this film, Sleuth, until it's actually <laughs> over. And sometimes people can criticise this film for being a little bit too clever for its have you, own have good. Have you seen it recently? No, not since I was a little kid. Right. Well, you, remarkable, remarkable recall there of it. Thank you. I mean, it's a long time since I've seen yeah. it. I can't remember anything, really. Okay. Oh, it's great. It's really I remember enjoyable. It being great. So yeah. Laurence Olivier yeah. objects to Milo, uh, Michael Caine taking his wife. Mm. Uh, and as a chap would. As a, as a chap would. And enacts an excruciating form of revenge and, and torture on him. And... Again, there's lots of twists. I don't want to say too much about it. You can probably watch it somewhere. And we will get back to the outfit. But to get Promise. back to the outfit, the outfit could be a play. 
You right. never leave right. the tailor shop. Okay. okay, it's a front room with with a desk with a, a, a young female assistant, and there's a, a, another room where you can go and, and look at scarves and things. And then there's the cutting room. So it's three rooms, and we never leave there. I think we see somebody opening up at the start, and we see someone closing up at the end. You know, nice bookend. And every time you think, okay, well, that's it then, and something else happens, and something else happens. And it's very suspenseful. Mm. There was actually a moment in this film where one of the characters was about to divulge an important piece of information that I was literally on the edge of my seat, <laughs> leaning forward towards the screen, going, come on, just say it, say it, say it, say it, stop, put us out of our minute. And, and it was great. <laughs> it was, it's great to get that feeling when you go and see a film. It, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, a, a turf war between two rival mobs and the tailor's shop is right in the midst of it for various reasons and it's a very enjoyable film but but you may find that it's a little bit too clever for its own good if you if that doesn't bother you too much then i think it, you you'll you'll find this a really enjoyable film were you a fan of knives out no, I couldn't. I, 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 I thought, look, when I was a little boy, I loved Murder by Death, which was a, a parody of all those Agatha Christie type yeah. um, things with a cast of stars of thousands, right? Um, and I loved that when I was a kid. But, but watching, I couldn't make it more than five minutes into Knives Out. I think I couldn't stand Daniel Craig's bogus accent. And all I could think of was, oh, Daniel Craig's got a really bogus accent going there for it. You know, when that happens. Oh, Lord Leghorn. I loved it. You see people and. and Over the top it was. I watched a film with Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, the other day. And all I could think, and it was a good film. I enjoyed Mm. the film. But I was just thinking how great an actor he is and what a loss it is that he's dead. Mm. Every movement he made, every utterance everything he did was superlative and and you and he had some pretty heavy actors in there with him as well mm-hmm. and i'm just watching going my god you are so good at this i was still able to get into the story and and follow the characters what was this film? Uh, most wanted man by anton corbain who made control the film yeah, about yeah. ian curtis from joy division a uh, very enjoyable film it has robin wright no longer pen, Robin Wright. Yeah. She's in it very briefly. Uh, the actress who is married to somebody like Daniel Craig, Rachel McAdam. I don't know all the marriages, but I do <laughs> share a house with somebody who knows the marriages and will occasionally mention them to me. I don't want you to think I'm obsessed with marriages and stars and their marriages. Okay, just let's get that out of the way. All right. Anyway, the outfit. Yeah. I recommend it. There's an actress in it. You can tell me her name because you know all the names for all the actresses who is unrecognisable from the last thing she was in where she plays a, a bogus cancer sufferer. It was called uh, Election or the, pre- the President. It was another he's done it again. What's the guy I like? Ryan Murphy. It was that TV series that Ryan Murphy made about the young oh. guy who wants to become the class president. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She plays a character where she's got a shaven head and her mum's giving her medicine to make her think she's got cancer but she doesn't really have cancer yeah. she's in this and she is amazing she's gorgeous the clothes are great of course it's set in a, i mean set in a tailor shop so there's some beautiful fabrics and beautiful clothes and beautiful attention to the detail of making a suit i haven't spoken to my tailor since i've seen the film but i'd love him to see it and he can tell me if a, a lot of the very meticulous ritualized behavior is actually per the way a tailor would would normally cut and measure and and mark out fabric zoe deutsch zoe deutsch great um everyone go and see this film right uh I spoke to Mark Rylance. Oh, yes, you did. Not so long yes, ago. you did. I gave you a message for him, and I don't think you gave it to him. <laughs> what I, was I, the I message? I can't remember the message. It was urgent, and I didn't hear from him, so yeah, obviously yeah, you didn't tell yeah. him. Thanks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Great. 
It's great. <laughs> anyway, there you Did go. Did he talk about this film? No, no. We talked about um, Phantom of the Open, the film in which he oh, plays that looks interesting. the guy who inveigles his way into yeah. the British Open, a complete did, amateur. Did you see hacker. it? That film? Yeah. <laughs> No, you did not. No, I did not. No, yes, did I did. Not. Yes, I did. And yes, I quite enjoyed it. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's, it's got golf's an, a, a difficult sport to make an interesting film about. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a film about no, golf. No, it's a film a about thing, a character, yeah, you know, yeah. um, well, in but, which golf figures. Well, this know. is a film about crime and about mobsters, but it is also about tailor, tailoring, tailoring mm. cutting and sewing. And that, and, and there are a little, few little twists where that is an important, like you couldn't have had him be a butcher, for instance. It, yeah, is, yeah. it is important that he's a tailor. Yeah. Though, I went to the theatre, Carl, for the first time in ages. I went and saw a group that the first time I saw were called by a different name and operating out of a church hall off Piermont Bridge Road in Glebe. They That's were then Sydney. Sydney. They were then called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island da- Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Dance Theatre. You were talking about Bangara. They're now called Bangara. Oh. And I went and saw something called Sand Song. It's a, oh. a one and a half hour performance that. It had no interval. It has lots of different pieces where you have some ensemble cast on, sometimes just a few people. It is it is slow. There's a lot of stillness in this performance. It's not like kabuki like or anything. Sands through the hourglass kind of slow. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And there's a or lot of. Are they fast? I don't really. There's know. a lot of soundscapes mm. as well as 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 well as music. There's a lot of recorded material that is used uh, from deceased um, Aboriginal performers from within the the group, and there's speech from Vincent Lingari. And all, all permissions were sought and, and yep. given for that. And it's a really powerful piece of theatre. Uh, it was it was loud. It was really, really loud where I was. I went with my daughter and we had to leave uh, with about halfway through. But fortunately at the, um, at the art centre, that the, the studio where we were in, they've got a little room where kids who, who find that a bit too noisy can go and they've got a glass a to, to glass box. Yeah, right. And so me and, and a couple of other... Like a dungeon you can put the kids in. Except it's above the stage, so you oh. can see everything really well, uh, and the sound is com- very significant. A dungeon with sight lines. Yeah, dungeon with sight lines. Yeah. And it was great because a couple of people from the production were there sending messages backstage on their little walkie-talkie. Oh, right. Yeah, he needs to hit him harder in the chest with those leaves. Can uh, yeah, yeah, like that. Yep, yep, that's good, that's good. And it was fascinating really? hearing a person sitting, like, next to me, like you are, just talking, yeah, can you get him to do that? And they send a little text, and then it's, the thing happens, and it was it was great. That's, that's <laughs> it, yeah. kind of like an added bonus, isn't it? It really is. It's, it's a behind-the-scenes look. The Bangara Theatre stage performances on a regular basis, and every time I've gone, and like I say, I've been going since for over 30 years to see these dancers in various forms it's always it's always worth your time it's always worth your money it's always something unexpected and and ex- visually arresting and exciting uh, I, depending on what what you expect from dance uh, maybe it's okay to be have some of your perceptions challenged it's certainly something i, I would say anybody who, who doesn't mind sitting in a a, a theatre as opposed to a cinema and seeing real things happen in front of them on stage i'd say go and, go and check out Sansong from the uh, bangara dance company Andrew, a league of their own. I loved the film. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, I was surprised actually. I only saw it this year. I'd never what? seen it before. No, well, I tell you what. Tell thrusting young man about town, Andrew Young. Uh, <laughs> 
teenage boy in his stovepipes and his winkle pickers. Hey, come and see a film about women who play baseball while uh, the Second World War's on. I'm going to say baseball. Like, no, see you later. I'm going to go. You, you stopped yourself there, didn't you? Yeah. You stopped yourself. You were going to Say something a little more profane. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but well, I have seen the film. Like okay, I say, well, you've seen it recently. Mm. Okay, yeah. tell me mm-hmm. what is your perception about sex or how how sexuality sex. as opposed to gender plays out in that film? There's not not really nothing. nothing right? no, it's not a film about. Yeah. It's, it's really not about that. Yeah, uh, uh, Gina Davis is gorgeous. It might make your mind turn towards that mm. that activity, mm. as are many of the other cast members. Yeah, but. Uh, it's no, it's not really okay. No. So there's a there's a series that's mm-hmm. been made for uh, Amazon Prime Video, and it is uh, absolutely mm. it's a queer history of the uh, Amer- American Professional Girls Baseball League, which operated mm-hmm. between I think 1943 and 1954. Mm-hmm. It was basically established because so many of the men have been drafted into military yes. service. Yep. So there are all these stadiums, stadia, mm-hmm. that were not being used. Mm-hmm. There was a, an appetite for baseball. They drafted these girls in, girls, women, to play. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it started off with only four teams and then it expanded. And th- this series very much focuses on uh, the Rockford Peaches, which is the same team as figure in the film, Penny Marshall's yeah. film. And uh, it, But it, it tells... A vastly different story. For the first episode, I thought, "Why is this? Why does this series exist? I mean, yeah. it's like it's just doing the same thing again. You yeah. know, it's sort of like playing a little bit for laughs. So, you mm-hmm. know, sort of playing the the sexism card. Yep. Nick Offerman appears in what was the Tom Hanks role in the yep. movie as the grumpy cigar chewing alcoholic coach who yep. thinks, "Why am I stuck with this bunch of girls?" and blah blah blah. It very quickly mm. becomes a film about the league as this space in which women are able to explore their identity mm-hmm. in all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of them, that includes their sexuality. Okay. They find other women mm-hmm. who are like them. They find yeah, right. that they're not yeah. so weird. They find yeah. that there is a place for them to be yeah. as they are um, or as they may wish to and be. And is this true or is this a 21st century no, wish fulfillment exercise? No, it is true. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's, it, it sent me into sort of a bit of a reading frenzy to, to see, you know, is, is this is this a sort of a wish you know projection a wishful projection but there's there's a character in the in the series who says uh, about 35% of the women in you know in this league are lesbians mm-hmm. right and that's i don't know that that figure could ever be you know yeah. factually ascertained yeah. but there's certainly plenty of evidence to suggest that there were a lot of lesbians in in the game uh, okay. lesbians or bisexuals yep. um and that's what the show is about really okay. and it's right. it's absolutely I think pretty terrific. It's Great. really good. It has, it has some corny moments, and it has. Well, the film had corny moments. Yeah, it's yeah. an American show, so it's you're going to get corny. And the moments. finale, I should say, Abby Jacobson, who's probably best known for Broad City, mm-hmm. is the um, the lead and one of the sort of instigators of the show. She's is terrific. Alana Stoller in it as well. Is that is that her name? Alana Stoller. You mean <laughs> Chicholina? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess she's not in that, is she? I don't think is that her so. name? Why, why does that name come out of come out of the sky into my mind? 
I think that's one for you and your yeah. therapist to the work therapist out. To and I really do. So she's not in it, by she's the way. She's definitely not in it. She's not in it. Jeff Koon's yeah. wife is not in this film. She's not. not that I know all the wives and husbands and the celebrities <laughs> and the artists or anything, but, but they did have a brief marriage, Jeff you, Koons. You, and I'm going to start referring to you as TMZ. I think that's... that's <laughs> oh, that's a great nickname. Yeah. Oh, man, hey, I, Tima, how you going? I wish I had more gossip at my fingertips. <laughs> I would, that would be great to be able to just throw in some, some scandal. By the way, have you seen the death certificate? <laughs> <laughs> what do you really? Um, so okay, I've got the anyway, right person. Yeah. Anyway, it's good. It's good. really good. Okay. Uh, I was going to say the ending is one of the most cornerly constructed pieces mm. of, oh my god, tugging at the heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. And I absolutely loved it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I oh. felt myself being manipulated how, how... mercilessly, like a piece of plasticine in a bear's paws, and I was going, <laughs> yeah, piece bring of it on. Now, your therapist needs to talk to you about. <laughs> Uh, the subtext of a piece of plasticine between a bear's paws, I think. Okay, uh, I was planning to watch it, so so I'll just make sure I turn off like ten minutes before the end or something. Yeah, d- yeah. you do not want to see it in no, a no. really upbeat way. That would be terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I like the film. Sad. Uh, the film starts sad, and the film ends sad. Um, the film basically tells us all that we are getting older and older, and before we know it, we are really old, and then we're dead. So that's that's really what my take-out from A League of Their Own, the film. <laughs> it's very sad, and it reminds you that you've not got long before it's all gone, and it's all done, and it's all over. Not unlike this podcast, Carl, because mm. I have one more thing to talk about. Oh, please, we bring it on. Bring it on. I don't know how you are on this topic, but I, since, since it happened, since 1970. Four, I don't know, maybe nine seventy-two. I haven't been able to get enough of the Watergate scandal. Right. No book, no series, no documentary, no film uh, is too uh, repetitive or uh, too much information. Is barely enough. Yeah, exactly. I can't. I can't get enough information, and and there's always more to find out. So there's a show called Gaslit. It's set in that time. It's set around the time of Watergate. It has many of the characters, all the characters. You don't see Dick Nixon, who was the president, who was ultimately... No Dick Nick. No Dick Nick, who's ultimately deemed responsible for the Watergate break-in. I'm not even going to tell you about it. Everybody knows about this, and if you don't know about it, it'll only take you a sec to find out about it. Get yourself up to speed. John Mitchell, Attorney General of the Mm. US, very Mm. important job. Mm. It's a very carries himself as a very top lawyer, right? man. Basically. He's the top man. He's the Christian Porter of Richard Nixon's government. <laughs> and played remarkably and unrecognisably by Sean Penn in like a... Latex galore, right? Latex galore. It's, mm. a, it's, a, it's, it's He's like even more so than, than Russell Crowe as Roger Ailes. And he has a wife who is an outspoken woman. She's an outspoken woman simply by virtue of always being on television and speaking about things. Uh, the camera loves her. She loves the camera. She's very popular with the women's magazines. She's very popular on the talk shows. She speaks her mind. And this is Julia Roberts in the This show. is Julia Roberts playing yeah. Martha, uh, the, the wife of uh, John. And while this is going on, uh, Mitchell is, is organising a team of uh, plumbers to go and uh, visit the Watergate building and the, some great scenes and characters playing the various, you know, G. Gordon Liddy and uh, E. Howard Hunt. Um, Hald- all, the, all the people you know, Ehrlichman, Haldeman, they're all in this film. John Dean takes a very central role. John Dean was uh, the 
junior counsel to Nixon. He, he rose to, to senior counsel. So that's, he's like the private lawyer that, that you would discuss things with. And from the word go, you know that he's going to get shafted. And it's, it's, he, he's not, he's not the most likable man, even though they've, they've done their best to make him look like the kind of guy that you would be on the side of. You know, mm. if you're going to follow anybody in this show and like, it's going to be him. Well, maybe not. Uh, she, the, the, the main reason this, this film is called, this series is called Gaslit is because at some point, they decide that John Mitchell's wife needs to be kept from cameras, from press, because she has a habit of ringing up journalists in the middle of the night and backgrounding. Yep. And so... We, she, we, we love people like yeah, that, yeah, by yeah, the yeah, way. Yeah, I thought mm. you would. Mm. She gets, I suppose... Maybe kid, not the middle of the night. <laughs> I suppose she gets kidnapped. She wakes up one morning right. in the hotel room she and her husband share to find her husband gone, everybody gone, but a couple of goons who've locked the doors and won't let her out and treat her in a very rough, forceful manner for a few days. And it it gives credence to everybody's belief that she's just unhinged. You know, women who speak their mind being hysterical, obviously having problems and, 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 and being a drunk. And, and it's it's a really interesting look at a marriage where, where, you, where you've got that and, and he, she eventually comes back back out of this forced detention and he's oh i didn't know this was going on i'm, mm. I'm really sorry i it's a it's a and they they and he's know, complicit in it yeah well that's the thing um you is that a the lot kind of, of question that, that, that drives that's, it a that's bit? yeah you 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 i think everybody watching this film watching this series will, will think yeah of course he was yeah, of course right. he was, yeah. but it's not explicit. It's more okay. implicit yeah, than yeah. explicit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know how many are left. I've watched three or four. They are utterly compelling. Julia Roberts is, as she's in everything, just uh, you can't stop looking at her or listening to her. She absolutely seduces you as a viewer. Yeah. She's not a, a very nice woman. Mm. She's very elastic with the truth, and especially as a, a mother just, just, to... Just for yeah. the sake of clarification yes. here, in case Julia Roberts' defamation lawyers oh, are listening to us, yes. you mean yes. the character? I mean the character. Of course I mean the character. <laughs> I mean the character played by Julia Roberts. Well, you are TMZ, mate. Yeah, I mean, no, come you're on. Right, you're right. You're a character lightning played rod. By, by Julia Roberts. She, during the course of this, gets herself a biographer yeah. who was a very tame, friendly journalist who was writing questions for... Uh, writing article for Good Housekeeping or, or McCall's or Ladies Home Journal, one of those. Notice I, I know all the magazines mm. that, that the ladies read. Good mm. Housekeeping. Anyway, not, not Cosmo. Um, she becomes sort of her amanuensis and... and starts to try and find some things out. You know, I'm writing a biography. And she's starting to find some things that, well, that's not exactly what you said. It turns mm. out that your son isn't in Vietnam. Mm. Um, he lives here and he's doing this. And, and it's just a very, very interesting, you know, peeling the onion back bit by bit to, to find out a little bit more about the what you believe is a purely superficial surface character. And it's, it's called Gaslit. It's on one of those stations. Stan, maybe. So, sounds like... There are shades to this. I haven't mm. seen Gaslit, mm-hmm. but it sounds like there are shades of Mrs. America. The, yes, the oh, definitely. With definitely. Kate Blanchett. Yep. And, and of um, uh, the um, uh, American crime story about Monica Lewinsky. And I know what you seen, mean. No, you I didn't. That? No, I didn't see. I've seen the, the other one. Which is Kate superb. Blanchett. It's really, really good. Thanks for listening to The Clappers. Always a pleasure. See you next time. Oh, we also we also talk about Leo de Janeiro. Who? Isn't that what that film's called? <laughs> I love you, Leo de Janeiro. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not what it's called? <laughs> <laughs>
God bless you. God bless you, Leo de Janeiro. <laughs> we're, we're talking Emma Thompson, and good luck to you, Leo Grand. Oh, well, same, right? God, talk about splitting hairs. Oh, dear God. Ah, that was good. Oh,